truth by firelight. From Flashbangs and Frag Grenades. By Calchexis. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on League of Legends by Riot Games. Chapter 6 The rest of the flight was quiet, and as much as flights through Zon could be quiet. The quiet gave Jinx a lot of time to think, which is not an ideal situation. She didn't like thinking, especially not when her head was full of blood and bone fragments. Seventeen times. She died seventeen times. If there was one thing she could be proud of, at least, it was that, in all of those times, she had always gotten to Lux before Warwick's claws. She had stopped him, or they had gone together, and that was... That was probably as good as it was going to get. Those memories would stick around for a while, though, and she wasn't a fan of that. Lux had been quietest of all. She was clinging to Jinx like they might die again at any moment, like at any second time would flip and they would be right back there at the platform fighting desperately for a few more seconds of life before doing it all over again. A thick knot of iron welled up in her throat and Jinx pushed the thoughts back. She couldn't think about them, not now, not ever, maybe. Lux was thinking about them, too. She could feel it. They did this. Topsiders, Pilties, Vi stands for violence. Jinx clenched her jaw as a boiling surge of real rage passed through her. Before it had been a game. It had all just been one big, shiny, snappy, sparky game. Jinx played the game, the Pilties played it too, even if they were bad at it, even if they took it too seriously, they still played the game. Now, though... Hey, Blondie? Yes, Jinx. Lox's voice was thin and drawn, and there was so much pain there, and it made Jinx's blood boil hotter. No one should ever make Lux sound like that. Lux was good. Lux was perfect. She should be happy above all. She should never have to sound like that. I don't... I don't think we're playing anymore, Jinx said after a moment. We played Chase, and then we played Keep Away, but now... Now they're not playing, are they? No, Jinx. I don't think they are, Lux answered. Jinx nodded then licked her lips and said, Okay, I'm done playing too, then. Lux looked up at her with those blue, blue eyes, clean eyes like clear water and clear skies. She was quiet for a few minutes as she seemed to chew on Jinx's statement until finally she said, What does that mean? Means they hurt you, Jinx said. They hurt you more, Lux replied reaching up to brush her fingers over Jinx's cheek. Jinx rolled her shoulders, cracked her neck, and then said, They always do that. But now they hurt you, so now I'm going to hurt them. All of them. No answer came. So when Jinx hit a straightaway in the lanes of Zon, she took a moment to look down at Lux, and what she saw there warmed her heart. Lux was smiling, wide and bright and full of teeth. Me too, Lux whispered. I'm going to make them scream. Have I ever mentioned how you two scare the shit out of me? Echo said flatly as he nodded for them to slow down. Jinx flashed him a grin that was supposed to be comforting, but 
probably wasn't from the way his face twisted up as she rested her heel back on the brink and brought the borrowed hoverboard to a languid crawl. Where to, little man? Jinx asked. Down. Jinx frowned and looked down. There was nothing but gray, that toxic, airborne sludge that killed more Zonites than any single Pilty ever could, given all the time in the world and every weapon in the book. Wait for it. Echo held up a hand and nodded towards the gray again, and Jinx blew a raspberry. I hate waiting. What are we waiting for? Lux asked. He pointed down by way of answer, and Jinx followed the line of his finger towards the cloying, killing fog beneath them. And it took her a moment to grasp what he was pointing at. When she did see it, though, she laughed. Something down in the gray was moving. It was enormous. A leviathan of endlessly corroding metal was groaning its way through the chasm, its motion masked by the gray, and its noises covered up by the endless creaking of Zon itself. The only outward sign of it was what looked like a lone smokestack that a pale mist rose out of, drifting towards them like a mobile reed in a swamp. Gotta pull a straight die, Jay, you got this? Jinx flashed him a manic grin. Do I? Jinx opened the throttle and Lux clung reflexively to Jinx as they rocketed forward. Echo was so hard on their tail as she aimed for the narrow aperture of the stack that was rapidly approaching. If they missed even by a little, they would plunge straight into the gray and be dead before they had a chance to emerge. Hold on tight, Blimey. Jinx curled around Lux, tucked in her legs, and killed the engine of the hoverboard the instant they hit vertical. And Lux yelped as they plunged into the stack. The pale mist surrounded them, and Jinx grinned as she tasted the metal tang of it. It wasn't as toxic as the gray, but it sure as the void wasn't great to be breathing. Not for normal people, anyway. All it did to her was give her a buzz. Ahead of them, she caught a glimpse of an opening, and she ran a quick calculation in her head, then ignored it and hit the ignition with a cackling laugh. Lux clutched hard to her as Jinx swung her hips and spun them around at breakneck speed, grinding the edge of the board against the interior of the stack to bleed out their momentum just as they reached the opening where she slipped through, killed the engine again, leapt off, and landed in a crouch as the board skittered off to crash against a nearby wall. Ta-da! Jinx grinned while Echo swept into the room with somewhat more grace, then lowered Lux back to her feet. That's... I hated that, Lux said. I really did. It's fine so long as Jinx isn't the one driving, Echo replied as he hopped off of his board and kicked it up into his hands. You good, Jay? Jinx cocked her head. Is that a trick question? One dark eyebrow crooked upward, and Echo pursed his lips, then nodded and said, Yeah, okay, that's fair. So who's your contact? That would be me. Both Jinx and Lux snapped their heads up as one, but Lux was the one who spoke first. I know that voice, she hissed as she straightened out. A long, ragged cloak fluttered behind the speaker in the dull mists of the room as he stepped into the light. He was clad in thick, plated armor that hissed pneumatically with each motion. Almost every inch of him was covered in metal, save for a mane of messy dark hair that emerged from behind the beetle-like mask covering his face. A long, spindly, three-fingered arm rose in an arc over his left shoulder, and in his right hand he gripped his staff, 
which was topped by the object that had made him one of Piltover's greatest criminals, the infamous Hex Corps. Victor, Lux said. He eyed her quizzically for a moment, and there was a faint hum as the lights of his eyes flashed various colors. Lady Krongard, what a surprise. I admit I was not expecting you of all people. Lux went stiff, and Victor laughed. I logged your profile from the first time our paths crossed on the rift. A filtration mask and voice coder is nothing like enough to fool my systems. Say anything and- It does not suit me to reveal your treachery, Lady Krongard, Victor replied. It would make me many enemies and net me no gain, so your secret is safe with me. For now. Echo moved between the three of them with a hand up. We're not here to start anything this time. Can you fix her hand or not? Putting her good hand on Lux's shoulder, Jinx pulled her back and leaned in to nuzzle against the side of her head. Lux accepted the affection readily, settling her hand over Jinx's and giving it a small squeeze before stepping back and letting Jinx get past her. Holding up the stump of her left hand, Jinx waved it in front of him, and Victor closed the distance and eyed the mangled limb with clinical detachment. Interesting, he muttered then turned and gestured for them. Come with me. Lacking anything else to do, Jinx fell in behind him with Lux at her back and Echo taking up the rear as Victor led them through a narrow corridor. The machine they were in had her full attention. It was huge, but it was more than just huge. It was almost alive. Jinx could taste the ozone in the air from the Hextech hum of the Leviathan's primary systems. She could hear its labored heart beating in the walls. It was incredible. Not exactly her bag, but still incredible. Here. Victor had led them into what looked like a laboratory crossed with a foundry and gestured to a slab. Lie down. Lux didn't look the slightest bit happy about that, but she didn't argue as Jinx dropped her weapons to the ground with a deafening clangor and hopped up onto the slab before lying flat on her back. Victor loomed over her as he began activating various systems around himself. Some of them plunged directly into ports in his armor, and Jinx watched with fascination as more and more of him seemed to merge with the room around him. A larger version of the claw at his back unspooled from the ceiling above Jinx and began humming quietly above her. Her skin prickled in the strangest way, like pins and needles, as blue light spilled from the arm. And every so often, Victor would let out a quiet noise of interest as he focused the lens of light on Jinx's left arm. Interesting. What is? Lux asked worriedly. Victor looked back at her as if he'd forgotten she was there. Oh, simply the amount of damage that this one has endured. Anyone else would, and probably should, be dead at least two or three times over. Death sounds boring. I've still got buildings to knock over, bug boy, Jinx said. A quiet crackle of laughter came from Victor as he nodded. I'm sure you do. Now this does present an interesting problem, though. He gestured to her ruined wrist. You ask if I can fix your hand? The answer is yes, but actually no. But actually, yes. I am going to kill everyone in this room and then myself if I have to listen to a riddle after dying seventeen times, Lux said flatly. Echo let out a nervous laugh and took a step forward. Can you, uh, give us the quick and dirty doc? I am not a doc. I am a scientist, Victor corrected. 
And the quick and dirty is that Jinx's nervous system is too badly damaged to hook a simple hex or chemtech prosthetic into. In fact, the only reason she can move at all is probably due to the shimmer in her system constantly regenerating her ruined body. But it won't do that to Hextech, obviously. So what do we do? Lux asked. Was this all for nothing? No, Victor replied. That was the yes but actually no part. The actually yes bit is that I cannot build a hand, but... He turned back to Jinx and tapped her shoulder. The neuropathy is most extreme in the more distal nerves, so while I cannot make a hand, I believe there is enough functional nerve tissue closer to her trunk that I can create an arm that will not interfere with her regeneration, but of course that will mean amputation. Jinx looked down at her arm, then back up to Victor, shrugged, and said, Okay, want me to hack it off for you? Or you want to do it? What? Lux was at her side in an instant. Her mask pulled off and her eyes wide with horror. What? Jinx asked. It's just an arm. It's not even a good one at that. She looked between Jinx and Victor before looking down at Jinx's arm. It took Jinx another second to realize that Lux had begun hyperventilating. Sitting up from the slab, Jinx pulled Lux into an embrace, and Lux clung to her as her breathing picked up in pitch. Her heart was hammering in her chest so hard that Jinx could practically hear it, and her breathing had devolved into unhealthy gulps of air. You can't, Lux rasped. You can't let, let them do that to you. I can't. It won't hurt, Blondie, Jinx said. Please. I can't watch you bleed again, Lux sobbed. Victor sighed and nodded behind him. There is a vestibule if you want to stand outside, but I cannot permit you to wander my hideout for reasons I feel should be obvious. I, I can't leave her, Lux said looking up at him, teary-eyed. Then we are at an impasse, he said. Nah. Jinx laughed quietly as she pressed her forehead to Lux's. Hey, Blondie, before you left, old dog told me something. As she spoke, she reached behind her and pulled Zapper from his holster, dialed up the power, widened the iris of the barrel, then held it up and out to Echo. You want to know what it was? I love you, Jinx. Lux sobbed in ragged gut loud as she closed her eyes and pressed her face to Jinx's chest. He told me he liked you. She looked up and over Lux's crown of golden hair to meet Echo's eyes. He grimaced, then nodded and raised Zapper. And he said to be a good wife. She wrapped herself around Lux as Victor took a long step back, just as Echo pulled the trigger. And for a brief moment, Everything tasted suspiciously of peanut butter before the world went black. When Lux opened her eyes, it was with a terrible headache and a deeply unpleasant flavor in her mouth. Peanut butter. She hated peanut butter. It took her several seconds to reorient herself and sit up in the chair she had apparently been slumped over in, and another several seconds to realize she'd been tied down to the chair in question at her wrists, waist, and ankles. Whoa, relax. Echo moved into her field of view with his hands up. Did you shoot me? Lux snarled. Technically, it was Jinx's idea? Echo said nervously. Just, uh, relax, all right? I'll get you untied. Why was I tied up to begin with? Echo hesitated. 
his hands hovering over the first securement before his breath escaped in a sigh and he undid the knot, first at her right hand, then her left, and he answered as he knelt to untie her feet while she worked at the binding around her waist. You were tied down in case you woke up mid-procedure, that's all, Echo said softly. mid Lux's heart slammed in her throat as she looked up to the slab at the center of the room. Jinx was lying supine on the cold metal with a blanket over her, and Victor was manipulating a console nearby, occasionally moving to do something with the mechanical limb that hovered over Jinx and which bathed her in ghostly, bluish light. The moment Lux was free, she stood, and a heartbeat later she pitched forward as her leg muscles spasmed and refused to keep her upright. Echo was the only reason she didn't faceplant directly into the metal floor. Hold up, crazy girl. Your wife is fine. I promise she's just sleeping it off. Echo helped her up, and Lux had to resist the urge to pull her blade and gut him for what he had done. At the same time, she also understood why he had done it. She'd been acting irrational. She knew that Jinx needed all of her limbs, and if a hand wasn't possible but an arm was, then, then an arm was what needed to happen. It didn't mean she had to like it. Now come on, we got work to do, Echo continued. And the way his voice dropped had Lux's attention immediately. What? she asked. Looking up from her, Echo said, Yo, Vic, you finished that analysis. My name is Victor, boy, he replied with a flat, robotic burr to his voice as he turned and lifted the piece of tech they'd taken from Warwick. And you asked me to examine and analyze a piece of lightning-struck scrap metal. So you couldn't do it? Echo asked, looking almost smug. Victor chuckled, an odd sound coming from his mechanical voice as he turned back to his workstation. Of course I did it. Do I look like an amateur? I just wanted you to have some appreciation for the task that you set me to do. He held up the piece and turned it over in his hands several times. This was worth all the effort, he muttered. It's a brilliant piece of hex tech. Not my speciality, but still, I recognize genius. However diseased. What is it? Lux asked as she finally got her wobbling legs to steady up. And how did they know to kill me? They did not. Not really. Victor replied. This piece of tech. Can I assume it was placed near an ear? Lux looked to Echo curiously for a moment. Then they both turned back to Victor and nodded. How'd you know? Echo asked. Because it uses variable frequencies, both very high and very low, passed through a finely tuned hex gem mesh to alter the brain chemistry of the subject, inducing a kind of suggestible fugue state. Like hypnosis? Lux's stomach twisted. If that was the case, then Jinx was right. Warwick hadn't been responsible for the attack. He'd been a victim. Victor nodded. That is a crude approximation, but yes. That doesn't explain how they found me, though, Lux said. It does if you found this on who I think you found this on, Victor said. Warwick, Echo said. And Victor nodded, looking singularly unsurprised. Explain, Lux said. Am I compromised? Victor shook his head. No. Warwick was used because he could find you, even if no one else in Zon or Piltover could, and without knowing a single detail about you personally beyond your relationship to Jinx. On the one hand, Lux was pleased to hear that her position wasn't completely folded, 
That meant she could still operate out of her and Jinx's home, a place to which she had become quite attached. A small part of her, though, was disappointed. It would have been easier to know that her masquerade had been undone. It would have meant she could stop pretending. That still didn't answer the most important question. Can they do it again? Lux asked. Not without Warwick, Victor replied. And I doubt that he will leave himself vulnerable enough for a non-court performance. So how did they find me? By way of answer, Victor simply gestured at Jinx, and Lux frowned. I don't get it, she said. What does Jinx have to do with it? You, you mean he tracked Jinx? What if she hadn't been with me? That's not what I mean, Victor said. You must understand that uh, Jinx... He turned to stand over the sleeping woman that Lux was so desperately in love with. She has not been truly human for years. How do you mean? Lux asked, moving beside him. Look at her, she's still human, just different. Victor shook his head again. The nature of Shimmer is mutagenic. It taps into an atavistic quality and a genetic strand, literally unlocking the beast in us. Jinx might be remarkably stable for a product of Shimmer, but she is still beholden to it. A true mongrel, as much monster as she is not. And her biology reflects that, even if her appearance does not. As much as I appreciate the lesson, can you get to the point? Lux asked wearily. The point, Victor replied, is that the machine you gave is keyed to a repeating instructional loop to find and kill Jinx's mate. And the Jinx has a very unique set of pheromonal markers. He turned to her, hesitated, then said, Can I assume that the two of you are often intimate? Lux's stomach sank down to somewhere near her knees at that question. She didn't really need Victor to go into any more detail. His remarks about pheromones and his follow-up question gave her all the answers she needed. Turning back to Jinx, Lux swallowed thickly, then said, You're saying that... that they could track me because I have sex with my wife? Put in the crudest terms, yes, Victor replied casually. But on the upside, it is a tactic that they will be unlikely to replicate, so, you know... Further intimacy should be safe, probably. That wasn't Lux's concern. Of course, knowing that what they had done couldn't be easily or ever done again was good to know, but that wasn't what lodged a volcanic brick of rage and hate in the back of her throat. Piltover hadn't just tracked her by scent, they had taken something beautiful and turned it into a weapon. Who? Lux hissed. Who made this? Victor picked up the piece of metal and looked it over. It wasn't me, obviously. Hexcoustics is not my field, but if I had to venture a guess... He set the fragments down. Only the Arcturus have ever created something so finely tuned as to affect something's mind with such sensitivity. Arctura. That name sounds familiar, Lux said. It should, Echo said finally adding his voice to the discussion. Their daughter sided with Zon when she joined the League, after all. I hear it put some serious political pressure on her folks. Of course. Seraphine. Her parents had famously constructed their daughter's Hextech platform, and intelligence reports suggested that Seraphine herself was a rare form of natural mage, 
a sonotherge. How likely is it that the Arcturus built this? Lux asked quietly. Given how no the science of hexacoustics is, I would say that unless there is some hidden genius secreted away in some Piltoven lab, the odds are all but guaranteed, Victor replied. Lux nodded as she walked over to Jinx's sleeping form and brushed the blanket away. She stared down at the red, irritated skin of her shoulder where Jinx's new limb was joined to the rest of her body. It was cold metal, and Jinx deserved so much better than to lose even more of herself for the sake of a city that already owed her everything. Now someone was gunning for both of them, and they were doing it in a way that turned even Lux's heart and stomach. Jinx was fighting for Zaun, and now Seraphine and her parents had very nearly gotten them both killed, despite ostensibly being Zaunites. Lux? Echo put a hand on her shoulder and she looked back at him flatly. You good? Hm? Oh, yes, I am, she replied. You sure? She nodded. Just thinking, Lux said as she looked back at Jinx. Uh, mind if I ask about what? Echo asked weakly. Lux reached over and picked up the piece of hexacoustic tech that had, in all likelihood, been created by Seraphine's parents, and examined it critically. Just that Zahn has a lot of orphans, she said. And how I'm sure there must be room for one more. No one would ever threaten her and Jinx like that again. Never again. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.